disclosure people this is our third attempt well, at recording this episode because maybe it is maybe it is problems so apologies if um you know if we're not our normal chipper selves right now i've never been in favor of full disclosure but i suppose if we're <laughs> putting in all our chips out that is the case um and ideally you will hear us admitting this uh and if not you'll hear us doing an even worse version of this where max says it's our fourth time um but uh we're not we're not we're not planning for that. We're planning for success, uh, as we always do. So first shouts, thanks to Jake for our last episode. Yeah, thank you, Jake. Uh, that man. was dope. That actually worked perfectly. Uh and we'll have him on again, I think, to talk about some other shit, uh, with which he is familiar. Uh and you know, there that 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 provides a a, a pretty uh, you know, plentiful bounty of, of material um but in the meantime we have a few things that we must simply must discuss with you listener and uh you know first among them is a little mac macy macus news about uh id me a little uh company that i will just say in the outset began as a company called troop swap which uh even though that sounds like it was a uh, it, this is a startup company um, that has since morphed into a, like an ID recognition platform. Although it, when it started as TroopSwap, it uh, apparently, and I haven't had time to look into this, but I'm just going to guess that it was um, for troops who were deployed to uh, wife swap with people <laughs> and do swinger, swinger sex shit. Um, I won't. I will not check if that's true or not, but uh, you can do your own research. But basically, it ended up being IDMe, which is a company that contracts with the government to make people take pictures of themselves holding their ID next to their face like idiots to confirm that they are who they say they are in order to access things like unemployment benefits or uh, do something absolutely critical that everyone has to do, which is fucking do your taxes. Um What's the what's this what's the skinny on this Mac? Yeah, so basically where we left it last time was that there was a whole bunch of controversy because the IRS was requiring people use IDME's software to verify their identity in order to like access their tax returns um and other tax documents and people had like a bunch of issues with that because of the inherent, you know, privacy issues that come with you having to submit a face scan. Um that's where we left it and so a couple of weeks ago now, since we've been recording the podcast, there was some big news where that the IRS came out and said that after all this backlash, that they're no longer going to require, uh, they're not, they're no longer going to use IDME's facial recognition software at all. Like real large, they're completely backing off, which was a huge surprise and a huge win 
for like all of the you know people involved in like kind of um speaking out against IDME um and anyone who's like using um the IRS in this type of way and then on top of that um you know a day less than 24 hours after that happened IDME um which is like becoming in battle with a whole bunch of issues came out and said that like they're no longer going to require facial recognition for any of their government uh, partners which as Jonah was saying is like their core business right they're kind of like the as my editor at Gizmodo said they're like the monopoly of um you know identity verification for government services so it's a huge about face for them and it comes in the wake of a bunch of pressure from like activists and lawmakers and stuff um and it's kind of like sort of a stroke of good news of like you know that you can actually you know do shit and people will listen um so yeah not much to say about it except for um you know that's that that was some good news i think the next time we record there's the current like state of affairs with the story is that like there's a lot of other federal agencies and states that use IDME and they're getting a lot of shit right now about like why are they still using it after the IRS backed away so that's kind of there's a whole back and forth there so you know potentially next time we record um there might be an update there so keep uh keep your ear out it's a it's definitely like a brewing brewing story it's a thing it's a thing and you know for right now it's a mark for the good guys yeah for sure um yeah man now you can just go back to guessing if you paid the right amount of taxes uh (laughs) every april and if you're wrong getting in trouble for it um like no one else in the country which by which i mean the world um so that's cool um and that's something that's a little little bit of max a little feather in max cap because he did a lot of good reporting on that so you know, gotta read his shit on Gizmodo. Check her out. Um, it's good stuff. Um, but let's move on. NSO. What is NSO? Yeah. Never be sexy online. Um, Where'd the no. B come from? Well, you know, sometimes it's like the short words you're allowed to omit. You're allowed to not yeah. put them in. That's that's no. That's part of the rules of, of acronyms, dude. Don't don't gaslight me. So never be sexy online. That is what is it? It's actually. An Israeli uh, cyber technology company that got a little hot bit of business, some a little bit of a thermal under its wings several decades back. Uh, there's a really long, 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 long New York Times Magazine article about this that is worth reading. I it's suppose called the battle interested. for cyber cyber warfare or something like the that. battle for cyber warfare. As yeah. a, before we go into the details, just you know. For the listener, like, uh, NSO Group has actually been, like, kind of a common theme of, like, a lot of the stuff that we've covered here before, and, like, they've come up a lot in the past. I think we even talked about them in the last episode, um, and they are really, like, the de facto, like, surveillance mercenary that, like, is, like, the cream of the crop of this emerging thing, which is, like, com- like governments are paying these private companies to be, like, their, you know, hacking tool of choice for getting into dissidents and journalists iphones all that stuff and, and i'd say oh yeah go ahead go yeah ahead. and i was just gonna say like that's we've covered that in the past here because they really are like at the center of a lot of the more serious parts of like the ouch part of the future as it were and um we've covered them a lot because of that and i think 
the reason we're covering them again today is because the story, which is worth a read in the New York Times magazine, gives the best accounting of like their origin and like a lot of other stuff that we didn't know they were involved in, particularly how they relate to like, um, you know, geopolitical implications and like their ties to state governments, which I'm going to let Jonah take the floor on that. But that's kind of like, you know, if you guys have already heard us talk about it. Yes, we've talked about NSO before, but like now we have like a lot more context of to like why they're so important. Yeah, and I'm I'll give the cliff notes and Mac, you can tell me if I'm missing anything or if anything's wrong, but here's how I understand it to be the case. So basically NSO was a company that grew out of the bosom of the Israeli tech sector, which is a pretty big deal. Israel basically as far as their economy goes is three things tourism um technology and weapons and hummus and hummus uh (laughs) yes precisely you told me i correct you yeah you're right uh hummus is not to be understated so um basically the the canny fellows at nso um started out their you know their post-military careers because everyone in israel serves in the military one of the alumni of the u.s of the idf rather i was about to say u.s military not technically correct uh look at jonah over here waving his his cap (laughs) yeah i mean hey you know there's a lot of a lot of money changing hands in any case these one of these guys was ex-massad which is like the israeli cia uh the other two were in uh i think like tech uh they weren't like frontline fucking grunts but they were working in somewhat of the sort of technical bureaucracy of the idf they basically all joined forces after they got out of the military, which, again, is compulsory military service, like in some other countries, like Korea, say. Um, they all joined forces and started a tech company that, beginning in their beginnings, allowed people to share their screen with, like, um, tech support. Right. So if your phone was fucked up and your tech support agent was trying to help you, it was an app that would let them, like, share screen and, like, go dick around in your phone and fix it because you're too stupid to follow their directions yeah like the Turns early out, 2000s like a pioneering shit back yes then, right? yeah yeah this was <laughs> like yeah this was like around 20 years ago um turns out that wasn't making them any money and then uh from what we understand from this new york times article a european security agency or you know intelligence service approached them and was like hey why don't you do the same thing but instead of letting tech service agents onto your phone um with permission, you just let anyone that you sell a piece of software to on without permission. Thus was born Pegasus, which is essentially the creme de la creme of fucking hacking software um, that allowed any one person who had control of this software, um, i.e. who had bought it from NSO, to control to basically tap into and control any person's cell phone. I android or iphone um and do whatever they could feasibly want to do with it um which obviously had huge implications for you know inter international uh you know diplomacy and spycraft but also uh intranational um dissidents and surveillance and the cracking down on dissent and so forth of any number of protest leaders or what have you, so forth, having their phones absolutely able to be compromised by their government in a way that was heretofore not understood to be able to exist, which meant, you know, there was something called no-click um, uh, hacking, 
So you didn't have to like click on a shitty email that said like, oh, new new car insurance rate. You would just like they would just type in your phone number and you're you're fucked. Right. Um, and I, which was a big game changer. Yeah, and I think one just and we've said it a bit in the podcast before, but one like crucial part of that was that, you know, the people who were interested in the past and even more recently in getting using NSO's Pegasus software, right? A lot of these places are you know, countries all across the world that maybe have a vested interest in spying on any number of people who are like, you know, opposed to the government, but maybe they don't necessarily have the same infrastructure as like the NSA in the US or like other big spy groups in like advanced countries. Like a lot of these places, you know, whether it's like Qatar or like Mexico or um I think Turkey as well used um yeah in Panama, a lot of these countries are like they're not like not advanced countries, but they don't necessarily have they don't the have same, the budget for this right. type of shit. And so NSO's pitch, they actually said this in the article that like NSO was like, we are the NSA, but like on a budget and something that you guys can like get like um when you need it. Yeah, take the thing. NSA for lease, you know. Yeah, exactly. Um and yeah, and that comes into like why is this sort of you know, some of the, the the high order implications of this are that like this isn't just a private company that was operating in Israel, in Israel in particular, like especially the tech and security sectors, which NSO sort of straddled. They work hand in glove with the state. Um, they're, it's not it's like they're very much in cahoots. So Israel, as a diplomatic entity, used this like kind of pioneering technology as a dangle for um you know its own diplomatic ends primarily uh you know stymieing and stultifying efforts by palestinian the palace the plo and other palestinian organizations and entities to gain recognition in the world stage and try to like bring an end to the human rights abuse human rights abuses of the israeli state against the palestinian people and the upshot was that is there's a long there's a little cookie trail of countries that used to be hostile to Israel, um, primarily like left countries with a leftist legacy in like Latin America and or 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 alternatively like Gulf states that never liked Israel to begin with, um, who used to vote against Israel in like in the Security Council or in the UN. This reporting is has overturned some rocks that shows that. The moment that they were sold this technology, all of a sudden they started abstaining or voting in favor of Israel or voting down uh, Palestinian delegations who wanted to change this or that. So what's clear is that Israel as a state was using this technology as a diplomatic bargaining chip to sort of advance their own agenda uh, in the world stage and very successfully at that. Yeah, and there was, yeah, very much so. And it's like a quid pro quo that's like, you know, and this shows the power of like this this type of surveillance tool in the modern age was that a lot of countries who had spent in some cases decades like opposed to Israel both as a nation and like its policies, um, the quid pro quo is hey, um, we will give you this like really impressive hacking software that will allow you to like you know, uh, spy on your dissidents and anyone that's a malefactor in your country in exchange that you, you know be a little bit more sympathetic to Israelis like inner, you know, geopolitical um ambitions, which is what's interesting. We we recorded this, you know, a little while ago before it got deleted, so I won't 
go too into the details, but I think as a general point, one thing that was really interesting about this whole thing, um, that a lot of like people from different generations maybe can like understand because it can seem a little diffuse when we're talking about hacking and all this stuff, is that the same way that like in the Cold War and wars before people used weapons, conventional weapons as like bargaining chips and as like political footballs to like use um to influence people that's what's being done with like nso's pegasus and with like surveillance technology in general these are tools that are so important to these places that they're being used as um you know political um uh chips to maneuver with and in it's very interesting just as a general concept that like this kind of shows how the ties have changed and like what is like really valuable to a lot of countries in terms of like what they're you know willing to bargain with yeah totally i mean israel has long been an exporter of actual like weapon weapons like just small arms and shit you know the uzi yeah the snake killer as they say the snake charmer as they say in texas Uh, that was Ah. There little ranchers back in the seventies would use Uzis to shoot snakes. Shoot, yeah, the little, little water moccasins and, and yeah, like like uh, you know, shit like that. Hey man, that's diplomacy happening <laughs> in action right there. So yeah, you know, Israel's always been good at yeah, you know, it's a little warlike little country. I mean, they've been fighting for their life for for better for worse for a long time. So and yeah, now they're the tech tech their little Silicon Valley in in Galilee, you know. Uh, and the upshot of that is all this hacking software. The final sort of thing to note about this is that this sort of all existed under the auspices of the Israeli government, but then by extension, the United States, because, you know, Israel is, like it or not, sort of is the puppet of the United States in the Middle East. Um, not always, like, perfectly compliant puppet, but, like, you know, we fund the shit out of their whole little enterprise there, and uh, they sort of serve as our diplomatic uh mouthpiece and foothold and you know advance our interests and vice versa to a large degree not to oversimplify things but you know it's 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 a it's a it's a two-way street to a large degree um the upshot of that is that nso was forbidden from selling uh their spyware to come to certain countries um and also to having their spyware even have the capability to hack u.s phones as far as we as as far as we know as far yeah. as israel says famously the plus one area code for the u.s was like a right supposedly a negotiation that netanyahu made that like that's not allowed like in order to like not piss off the u.s and then so basically nso got a little too you know you know they flew too close to the sun and their fucking wings melted and they sold you know what's cited in the story as the you know the precipitating incident is they sold to the ugandan government that then used the software against some American officials operating in the country to negative ends for those officials, those diplomats or spies or whomever. And then America got pissed and said, you know, NSO's on the blacklist, meaning no, no government agency or contractor can buy or sell or carry on any business whatsoever with this company, which basically puts a big asshole in their yeah, fucking it's like sales. A death. Like, it's, it's like it's, a death lists yeah. right like you know if you've been following it like huawei and a bunch of these other chinese companies and like other you know sort of companies that the whole point of being on the blacklist is you're deemed a national security threat 
um, which is like in U.S. politics language, it's bad news bears. Like if you're on that list, you're kind of fucked. Um, and so we were covering this. I was covering this a little bit, but it was um, basically despite them being the top dog, NSO is like in free fall right now. And, um, you know, they're taking offers from a bunch of different places to buy them out, um, including um, most prevalently, like there's some Ameri- American private equity firms that are like looking at taking Pegasus, which is its main hacking software, which we've been talking about, um, taking that and buying that from the company for a deal, really like a really low price and like repurposing it in a way that. Um, could be owned by an American company and could potentially uh, be used um, as you know something that could be uh, a domestic surveillance tool in the U.S. That's not necessarily going to happen, but it's something that's like being thought about for sure. Um, and I think it's just like it's int- to 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 keep it short. It's interesting because you know NSO, you know when we're talking about like this surveillance mercenary that's the term i always come back to surveillance mercenaries because that's really what they are they were the first king like they were the first one that really laid the model they were like the apple of surveillance mercenaries and like even if they fall which it seems like they will uh others are going to come in their place and they're going to follow their same playbook and they've really like laid out something that's like new um and uncharted and um it's just really interesting to see the whole the whole way it's played through and especially interesting to see the way that they're you know potentially dying is like being sucked into a new version that's potentially going to be used by the american surveillance state it's yeah, just it's a very interesting they bit the hand yeah. that fed and then yeah. the hand that fed ate them and then fed itself Precisely, yeah it's like the the snake just as it were it's the ouroboros you the snake eating its tail yeah uh so basically good news it's just like this company that basically yeah it 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 fucked up a good deal by being too greedy and now it's gonna just get absorbed into like the american security borg uh and which means now i'm sure if it's the united states there'll be no there'll be no fucking uh moratorium on spying on american citizens because you know that's what the american state does so it's true uh you know no you know it's just a good another reminder that nothing you do on on your phone is uh is private well also and the last point this reminder though that nothing you do is private but also a reminder of like why it is important to give a shit about these things because like even though it can seem very diffuse and sort of like in the air and ether about you know what does it mean to care about like privacy or any of these type of things that we talk about sometimes here i think the nso case brings it into stark relief because it shows that there's a very profitable and very active industry that whether you are engaged or not is like actively trying to hack into your phones or to the phones of people that might be important to you and that that's happening regardless of whether you want to or not so um you know, you don't necessarily have to be some crusader that's like following up on all the, you know, most recent privacy stuff. But, you know, being in support of the people who are doing it is like maybe not the worst idea, you know, because there's a whole lot of people who are doing the opposite, which is like trying to fund groups or pay for services that are like actively 
you know, spying on people who are like trying to raise awareness for issues in your country and other countries. That's my two cents. <laughs> yeah, man. I sometimes think that uh, maybe awareness is uh, high enough already for issues yeah. in my country. No, I agree. Uh, it's true. Uh, you know, it's bad. It's bad stuff, man. Um, just uh, tread tread lightly out there. Uh, and definitely, yeah. If someone's gonna gonna pull a Snowden or an Assange, like even if if the politics of it seems somewhat murky to you, I think you can always tell, brought as a as a as a rule of thumb, like who your friends are, based on who their enemies are, and if you know the U.S. government or another similarly hegemonic force is trying to imprison people for uh you know airing dirty laundry you can probably safely assume that in the in the abstract like they're they're on your side unless you work for the cia maybe that's not exactly (laughs) what mac was saying that's what i'm saying uh and this is our third time recording this episode so uh, you know you you have to give me some leeway um so with that mac should we go to some music yeah let's go to some music return feeling much more chipper as if uh yeah, you listeners are gonna be like, "Wow, what happened that they we did not just don't randomly spoil, chug don't spoil the magic, man. Don't spoil the magic." All right, well, um, we'll see you guys in a little bit. Yes, cheers, peace. Espresso tempo, offset pressing, but something like that. Um, I'm, we've been told that espresso tempo is coming out with new music. Um, I think that's the case. But uh, yeah, so dude. apologies for you guys who have been listening to the same thing. But I'm sure you love it because it's pretty fucking. It's pretty good. damn catchy, pretty, isn't it? Pretty yeah. good. Yeah, I've been reading the coffee grinds like you know, <laughs> like a like a shaman, and it's telling me more new espresso tempo. To have come. you have you ever sat down and? you know done nothing else except for drink coffee and listen to espresso tempo it's quite a it's really quite experience. <laughs> <laughs> it's quite an experience let me tell you um what do you mean i do that every morning nice there you go um that's critical to my uh you know process um yeah ideally with a metronome on at the same time <laughs> for the full for the full experience um yeah man so um, what the hell is going on with 5G in the airport, Mac? Nothing good. Nothing damn good, man. Um, listen, man. Listen, Mac. There's, there's some funky. There's a funky situation happening. It's um, funky for sure. It's it, this is kind of one. This is uh, from a professional perspective. What um we would call a shit show or you know what a sister podcast would call a clusterfuck i think that's yeah, that's a, yeah you the, might the even term way. it that 
Um, so basically, what are we talking about? A couple weeks ago, it came out that 5G, you know, the thing that's been uh, making you uh, have to wear a mask and quarantine <laughs> and shelter in place by way of its knock-on effect, COVID-19. What is 5G? And this is not like a long conversation, but just like, what is 5G for the person yeah, who other like, is than like, what the, the fuck agent am I doing? of I... dispersal for the coronavirus? Um, just kidding. Um, 5G is, so if you <laughs> think about like, that, um, am I, am I, um, it's <laughs> basically, it's about, it's, it's in reference to the development of like, um, communication, telecom technology. So if you think of, and it, and it sort of is, it, it goes in steps. So 1G as it were, it was, none of this was, con- was really, this wasn't coined until, you know, maybe probably 3G, but 1G was the telephone. That's your Alexander Graham Bell shit. Um, 2G. The OG, as it o- were. <laughs> the OG, as it were, precisely. Um, 2G is the creation of, like, SMS, like texts, being able to send, you know, just, like, bits and bytes in the form of, of, of text over, over, the, over the, wi- the wires. Um, 3G is, like, the er- now we're getting into, like, you know, early aughts, um, data on your cell phone, like, uh, like the first iPhone, like you have, like, you know, you're, you're streaming on the, yeah, arguably before, before that, before that, that you know, too. you yeah. could go on websites on like your razor and shit. Yeah, that's uh, true. That's true. Um, very early rudimentary internet being accessed, um, via cell towers to your, to your cell phone. 4G is what we are currently for the most part operating on where you can, you know, surf the web and watch videos and you have apps for download everything and stuff too. Use everything via apps. Thing. Yes. Uh, so what is 5G? You, you, you pray tell. Uh, 5G is essentially 4G, but like super mega charged. Um, the, the example that's often given is that you can download like a 1080p film, which uh, is probably, you know, from in, in, by my estimation, let's call it about five gigabytes, maybe four or five gigs, something in that yeah, range. Yeah, maybe even more. Maybe yeah. even more. You can download it in four seconds. Yeah. So it's like, a, it's like 4G, but like way, way, way more efficient. Um, I've heard like estimates of like for the upload and download speeds, it's like 10 times what you would have for 4G. Right. It's like what I think, people have said. No, yeah, I think that's actually like a, the useful heuristic that just so happens to be the case is that like everything is about ten times faster. So yeah, uploading, uploading, downloading, um, which has huge implications for you know consumer facing stuff like people you know uh, trying to download porn and jack off in the bathroom at work, um, which is a huge our type of consumer, huge <laughs> sector of the economy, in fact, um, and uh, stuff like that. But also like bigger, bigger uh, economical actors such as you know uh, driverless cars and like factory autom- automation, you know, yeah, and things um, like personalized medicine and stuff. Like a lot of these sure. like kind of like futuristic or like you know like AR, you know the fucking quote metaverse stuff. Like a lot of these th- when you were you elegantly said it a second ago where like each of these G's is like correlated with this like kind of really specific sort of um, timestamp of culture and, and innovation that like we're associated with a lot of the stuff that we kind of talk shit about on this podcast about being kind of like, you know, pie in the sky stuff. A lot of the people who are like fucking, um, you know, trying to sell that will say that like 
5G is necessary to make that possible. And so that's how we kind of the backdrop to where we get where we're because like 5G um, is a thing in like a lot of countries right now. Um, and it's some like countries. burgeoning. Yes, yeah, some countries. Korea, um, South Korea. Yeah, and parts of China and uh, some European countries. But in the US, um, it's been like a long process to get um, 5G up and running because, you know, as, we're a shithole country. Yeah, we're a shithole country. But like, you know, if you're just like a, you know, if you like look at your phone, a lot of you probably have on the top right of your corner, it says 5G already. Uh, they're lying to you. Bullshit. Yeah, it's it's bullshit. It's, it's all news. bullshit. There's no 5G as of a couple of weeks ago in the US. There is like incremental 5G because like basically, and I'm going to keep this really short because it's not worth anyone's time, but like um, all of the the cellular data um requires like spectrum which is like just the 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 waves that all like wireless signals transmit on and there hasn't been enough of that allocated towards the wireless companies for 5g to actually work the way that 5g is intended to work and there's been a lot of investment by like t-mobile verizon at&t the big guys to shore up that spectrum the big guys billions worth like 100 billions worth of dollars of that and basically December 2021, so a couple months ago now, was supposed to be the big unveil date where like they got enough of this thing called mid-band spectrum. It's the important one. It's the Mids. good one. They got enough of the mid-band spectrum to where they were going to be able to power on these um, cellular towers that once it was on, boom, a lot of the country is going to have 5G. But you know that's kind of what we're talking about here is it kind of had some big issues there were some hiccups that. yeah so and and Sorry, as, i was just trying to lay it no 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 it. that's very good no that's very good i mean because yeah and as you touched on mac like this is not just like you know updating the software on pre-existing cellular towers 5g requires all new infrastructure and oftentimes as i understand it uh the you know 4g bands 4g uh you know um uh waves can travel much further un unobstructed because they're at just like a lower frequency they're not as powerful and therefore they can they can be or or they can be sent you know more efficient in a way 5G requires is like can be interrupted very easily by like physical structures like buildings and walls and it requires way more extensive physical infrastructure like in according uh, apparently in certain cases like up to every couple hundred meters or in, in like high density areas like cities so there's a lot of new infrastructure that occasionally can just be like you know a, a box like a box the size of a laptop like slapped onto a cell tower easy but sometimes there's like a lot of really kind of a you know in tech intensive new physical infrastructure that has to be built but that's been happening for years now and as you said like it's sort of like been on the GTG, like ready to go list, um, until uh, there was a, 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 a one of the major sticking points recently was a kerfuffle with the FAA and airlines in general, who basically said, um, "Wait a minute, um, if you turn this on, uh, every airplane in the country potentially might lose track of where it is in in." 
relative position to the earth and just smash into a mountain and kill everyone. Which that's not good. Which like, that's pretty terrible. We call we call a bit of a PR, a bit of a PR <laughs> albatross. You know, yeah. it's a bit of a bit of bad news um, as far as five uh, G goes. So why, so why were they saying that though? Like their whole yeah. I mean, I, well, I something know about you, what you say it was because there was some issue with like the waves that intersect with each other, right? Like, yeah. So look at think of it this way: like picture in your head like a big highway, like a bunch of lanes uh, going on a highway. Um, heretofore, there was a, like and like think about it this way: like cell phones, other shit, all worked on like you're in the leftmost lane, like you're in the leftmost of ten lanes, and that's where cell phones used to exist. And like on the eighth, in the eighth lane from the left, airplanes were like, yo, this is your lane. You can kind of do what you want. Um, and they've been doing that for decades now. Um, but given that they're the only people out there, they've sort of been like, well, why don't we take the eighth, the seventh, the ninth, the tenth, and like half of the sixth lane and kind of use that too? Because it's cheaper and easier to just sort of drift and they're like kind of one-handing it on the wheel and like <laughs> they're fishtailing and they're saying like yeah man it's dope it's lit so that's basically what the faa has been doing and now it's actually uh, just like a drunk pilot that they're was, just that drunk. Was your last yeah, they're just drunk pilot. they're getting they're getting roadhead they're they're just like absolutely swerving because they've had plenty of room for error for a long time now 5g comes into the picture and it's just like hey we need like uh some of this band back we need a few lanes yeah close to you and the faa said well uh you can't because we use those and the F and then you know telecom companies said well you're not allowed to but it turns out that like the specific um there's something called an altimeter on a plane that is specifically operates on a certain spectrum band um a, a certain frequency that tells an airplane how far it is from the ground right which is um, good for like if you're landing yeah or right, just trying not to like burst into flames right. on impact <laughs> with the earth or, or a mountain yeah it's pretty important it's, but it is important for landing yeah. in particular so they were like well a lot of the like hardware installed on these older airplanes that are still in service which is a significant amount of planes that are built in like this 80s they're like they basically can't tell the difference they use a wide band like there's a large margin for error and if 5G cell phones start like dicking around in these new bands, it's going to fuck up the planes. Uh, and, you know, it's basically all the FAA's fault of being, they had ample warning to like fix this and they basically didn't because it'd be expensive. So re just real quick on that, because that makes sense. But as like, I understand, so it, but I'm right with, with, yeah, you are right. But just um, these, I'm trying to say how to say it without having to get into like the numbers, the bands, but like basically, like the 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 planes not not necessarily the older ones but like the planes the 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 area with which they're supposed to operate within is actually doesn't overlap no it doesn't like you're right this thing called the mid-band spectrum which is what the whole you know the thing that the the wireless carriers are are interested in they don't actually overlap but you know, as you were saying, like some of the older planes are going very large of margin for error. To go. Yeah, and so like then they could one. potentially overlap. And the argument, as the FFAS has said it, is that like you know, as we said earlier, it's like that interference could, in some, in some situation, potentially lead to an ultimate error malfunction, which could then lead to like some error, some error. Which I think that we're both on the same page. It's pretty um, spurious, but 
you know, I had this on this doc that we used. Yeah, for there, thing. Was a, there, there was been, a case in 09. Is, it's not impossible. Like, there was a case. I think it was, it was in Ukraine. Yeah. Where no, was it? It, it was in 2009, Turk- <clears throat> and Turkish right. Airlines Turkish. flight. I have it here. 1951 was the number of the flight. A Boeing 737. So, a relatively modern plane. Uh, it crashed while f- coming into land in Amsterdam's Schiphol Airport, and it killed nine people on board. Nine of 135. That's yeah, not so bad. Um, it's not so bad. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, what, what, what was everyone worried about? I was like, wait, nine of 135? What the fuck is it? Yeah, let's get going, man. I'm trying to I'm trying to watch videos, man. I'm, yeah, dude. It's like going into Amsterdam. Nine people of that flight probably would have died uh, from, like, taking sketchy ecstasy in Amsterdam <laughs> anyway. So I don't really see what the problem is. But, okay, fine. People are upset. Um, but basically, yeah, there's, like, a lot, you know, you don't have to go into the details, but there's a lot of stupid kerfuffle about how, like, the FAA and, which is just captive to this, like, you know, airlines are these, like, weird businesses that are unregulated to begin with. And there's a lot of weird, like, cooking of books and so forth that goes into the profitability of the industry writ large. And, you know, it's not like 5G popped out of nowhere and was like, we need these bands now. It was like, this has been, like, in in the wings for, like, 10, no pun intended, for, like, 10 plus years. And they just, like, didn't update their fleets because they operate on relatively thin margins because of kind of insanity of air travel in and general. This, yeah, and as we said, it's as like a, this is probably the best argument that like the telecoms have. Also for what it's worth, this is something we're saying. This is one of those stories where like it's really hard to like have a good guy because it's you're literally putting the telecoms, which is like I think we've said many times they suck ass, like fucking AT&T and Verizon the worst, versus the fucking airline, airline industry which got billions of dollars of bailouts during yeah. fucking the pandemic and treat you so, like shit yeah. every time you have to fly Dude, and there's spit literally on you. no worse experience in my well that's just how privileged I am but like the experience of going through the yeah. fucking airport system is just it's like very the dehumanizing. most dehumanizing bullshit it makes me feel like one of the macaque monkeys uh, from yeah no for real yeah except instead of start uh, chewing my own hands off yeah um Instead of like having to like deal with skin infections, you're just smelling in like you know dead skin cells and like you know people just flatulating against you all, all day. But that said, the best argument I think for this whole thing is is one that the uh, telecoms had, which is that you know a lot of other countries, not a lot, like several countries, have been doing this for some time. Like they've introduced the the same wave signals of spectrum for five G and there hasn't been any issues um but you know just to like move the story along um that didn't fly right like this was about like where we left it was around like maybe the end of december there was a lot of you know uh, kerfuffles made by the faa and airlines and they actually did delay the rollout of 5g not once but twice they delayed the entire rollout of 5g twice because of these concerns and um, this was like when I was traveling, coming back to New York in middle of January, but there actually were like, I think hundreds of flights that got canceled because of this issue. Like there was a lot of people who didn't fly because the airlines were like, no, we're not going to take the chance. Like we're not flying, um, until this issue gets resolved, which is kind of crazy. Yeah. I mean, I, you know, I guess like the last thing you want is like a fucking Tenerife airport disaster style yeah. thing going down because, uh, you just said, damn it. I got to have you know 
people got to have 4K streaming, you know. <laughs> now, damn it, now. Like no one wants to be the one who said that. And then that happens, but yeah, it's it's just a lot of stupid bureaucratic like chicanery. I mean, I imagine there'd be a really funny Ianucci style movie to come out about like all of the oh, you know squabbling sure. of interagency squabbling. But um I think there is, you I know, mean, it's an it's an interesting thing just in general. Like, I mean, I think maybe we could dive back into this at some later point once maybe it's rolled out more sufficiently and look at 5G more broadly as yeah. to like what it is because it has massive economic implications, you know. It's like it's sort of the new shit. Like yeah. it's kind of a big deal uh in 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 many many uh yeah, as far as in many sort of sectors of the economy are concerned um but it, it is funny and i think it's really instructive that like two of the worst industries in the country <laughs> couldn't get their shit together enough to <laughs> right. for it to even roll out on time and, uh, and, it is very yeah. funny and i think it has to be considered as just like another case of like america just kind of stepping on its own dick and tripping for sure yeah no i 100 percent agree for sure yeah and um Um, sorry, Max. Max Five G has has failed to buffer. <laughs> his eyes. He has a. He has a. One of the little buffering pinwheels are in each of his eyeballs right that's, now. Okay. See, that's what we should have used. Usually, I have the, to go. I have to go smack him on the head and unplug him. When that's what sound. we should have used as the example between three G and four G. When's the last time you had to deal with buff? Dude, buffering used to be the fucking worst. Well, only thing with my ever. shitty Wi Fi that I pay for. The, it's like when I'm on my spectacular four G, it's like things are vibing. But yeah, no, buffering was the bane. Dude, I remember I mean this is a whole other thing we should close up, but I remember this is completely different and honestly has no bearing on anything we're talking about, but I'm gonna say it anyway. When me and my brother used to play Call of Duty two on my computer. Big our, red one or the regular one? World War the one that was set with World War Two and one of the main missions was storming Normandy Beach. It used to take so long to load that I remember we would like load the mission, load the the level, and then literally get up and leave for like fifteen minutes, and like the computer <laughs> would just be working on it for that long, and like it would reliably take at least ten ten minutes. Uh, and now look at us, you know, yeah. Neuralink monkeys, man. We have We're chewing I mean, our own hands <laughs> off if the TikTok doesn't load and the. You know, in 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 the air in the in the breath of a breath of a of a of a second. It is truly the future is out to have this like you know pinnacle like world defying technology that requires over you know two hundred billion dollars worth of investment in two years and it doesn't work because of just like some dumb dick inter office bullshit yeah piss piss measuring contest yeah (laughs) yeah man that's it's it's sort of it's sort of the beauty of it isn't it (laughs) um so you know much more to be said on that and uh stay tuned as it were well listen a little bit of news before we close out so please hit me um not to confirm, but uh, we said that there's going to be some guests coming. We may have a special guest for you the next episode, so keep a tune your eye out your eye out for that. Your not ear some out of not that. these shitty non-special guests we've been having. <laughs> That's going to be a guest with uh, ourselves. No, um, 
and then also a little bit of homework for you guys. We're going to get like a bit harder on this because, uh, you know, as we've said in the last podcast, yeah. this is, um, you know, we love you all and we do, but we want, um, we want to like a good conqueror and uh, colonizer. We want to uh, infect the brains of more people. And in order to do that, we need you, our loyal listeners who have been with us from the start, um, to do a little bit of work. What would be great is if you guys could um, make a rating on wherever you're listening to us. Anyway, it can be a five star five star rating would be good. Even a one star rating is no, good no, because that's not, that's not true. You must give us a five star rating. Yeah, five star rating is good. And um, it's actually the only option. Yeah, Jonah. He's you can't see this, but he bought shoes. a gun and he's pointing yeah, it at me. Right I've been now. boiling my shoes and eating them. That's because <laughs> I've put all my money into this podcast. We only and, have Crocs. <laughs> and there's yeah. Uh, I I've been eating bark off trees, <laughs> so I really need you guys to 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 start coming through for us. But yes, as you were saying, Mac, like and subscribe as yeah. the phrase goes. But give us a five star rating or any rating and review, as you did say, and send on, it to somebody. You know, like send it send to it to a homie. like anybody. You get take the link and send it to him whoever you think Your might priest. like it. Um, and yeah man sorry you had something else you want to say no that's not no i was just interrupting you like i normally do to <laughs> say what you were already gonna say um yeah like and subscribe tell show us to your friends you know pass it over you know like a secret note in class uh you know spread the good word if you if you like our podcast at all it's free it's good it's fun it's nice we so, also have a uh twitter account which um, yeah you know, follow us at the future is Al. yeah and also look out for some merch uh, that's going to be coming down the pike before too long uh, it has become official now yeah dude yeah. putting we're, we're, we're setting some stones in motion uh so yeah a lot big things happening over here uh getting on the ground floor yeah we're not don't let let it be known that we're not resting on our laurels over here no dude at, uh, our laurels are Al. completely unrested upon yeah. We are uh, shooting for the stars here. So, um, but you know, you actually, on a serious note, you mentioned this at the last episode that we didn't actually get recorded. um, But it's worth bringing back up that this marks a little bit over the one year mark. That's true. On our super secret episode for our dozens of ultra subscribers who give us a hundred dollars each month. Uh. That's not real. But yes, uh, it's been about exactly one year since we recorded our first episode, which was on February 7th, 2021. Uh, I happen to know four reasons. And yeah, man, it's been a year and we've been at it since then. And I'm really stoked, man. I'm really happy. And I think we've, uh, I don't know, we've birthed some type of baby into this world, For whether sure. or not it's a Damien. And the spawn of Satan <laughs> remains to be seen, but I'm I'm really proud of what we've what we've done heretofore, and I want more and more people to uh you know fucking join in on the project. Yeah, and uh, to all you guys that have been here with us, I mean, you guys are a part of this. Yeah, dude, you know, potentially just you. wretched hell angel that's come into the earth. You yeah. are responsible and you're, culpable. Yeah, you're in this with this. us. So you just let this. that be known. But no, but um, we're glad to have uh you know. Thank you for like letting us experiment on your ears and all this. And uh, I think we've both, Joe and I, have both agreed that like you know this is when you know this is like the uh, if if last year was the pilot, this is uh, this is the real first season, and we're excited to make it make it go hard and good. So we got a lot on of plans. F1. Cool man. All right. 
with that, you know what to do. See us soon enough. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, peace. All right. So long, y'all. Cheers.